Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. I'm David Allen. We have a great guest for you today especially if you're a copywriter, a freelance copywriter. He's been doing this for a while now. He's uh, had some very public things we'll get into here shortly, I think, which will be interesting. Chris Orzakowski, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having me. Super pumped to be here. Yeah, it's really great to have you. Uh, I sort of, probably that's how I became aware of you, I think. You had sort of a, a public spat if you will, with another copywriter uh, who has been on the show in the past. And it'll be interesting to delve into the mechanics of what actually happened here, I think, which will be illustrative. Uh, I don't know, because I don't know, really know how it exactly went down myself. And then we're going to jump into some uh, talk about retainer deals, structuring offers if you are a freelancer. So people listen to this, if you're already in this maybe you can improve what you're doing or if you're looking to get into it you'll get somebody another perspective from somebody who's doing it chris let's just jump with your uh, origin story your your superhero origin story tell us how you got into email copywriting and so forth and just uh, where you were before yeah absolutely so um i uh, like everyone else didn't start off as a copywriter i actually started off as a teacher um i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do um, I was a wrestler in college and I knew I wanted to coach wrestling. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go be a teacher. I'll coach wrestling and uh, I'll just do that. So as soon as I started teaching, I very quickly realized that it wasn't for me. And when I say very quickly, I realized like the very first day I was like, oh man, I've made a mistake. I don't know if I want to do this. So I was like, I got to figure out something else to do. And at the time I had uh, this guy that I worked for on the side, this guy, Zach Evanesh. He was kind of like my mentor growing up. He was a strength coach, one of the early um, publishers of strength conditioning, you know, info products and courses and those kind of things. And uh, I remember like watching him as I kind of like grew up, you know, going to his gym and like seeing all the stuff he was doing online and he was like making money on the internet. And I was like, how the hell does that work? I was like, what, you know, what is this? Like, how can this dude just make so much money, like selling all these things? I was like, what, you know, I got to learn more about this whole world because I was just so enamored by it. So, um, I started kind of studying what he was doing and I actually started like blogging and, and trying to do a very similar like strength conditioning type thing um, like he was doing, you know, using him as like my model. And um, it was kind of hard, you know, it was very hard to get traction. It was very hard to get started. And this was, this was years ago, but uh, you know, I, I eventually, you know, started doing this wrestling website and uh, I had like this weekly podcast, all these wrestling coaches and I was doing articles and I had an email list. And I was writing emails every single day and I was like trying to sell affiliate products and I was doing all this stuff and I wasn't really great at it. I mean, I was starting to build a following, get some traction, but after like, you know, eight months of doing that and not really making any money, I was like, okay, this is taking a whole lot of time. Um, I think maybe what I should do with this whole online thing is pick the one thing I like the most and the thing that gives me the most energy and just focus on that. And uh, so I started looking at all the different options of like, the online marketing landscape. And the one thing I really did enjoy the most was writing the emails to my list and uh, the whole copy aspect of it. So I started doing some research and apparently 
there's these people called copywriters who get paid a shit ton of money to put words onto a Google doc and then sell that to a client. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, I can't believe this is a real thing. Like I can just write words and then get paid for it and get paid pretty well for it. So, um, obviously we know it's a little bit more nuanced than that, but I was just so like intrigued by this idea. I said, I'm going to go super deep and just become really, really good at this one thing. Um, and the reason I kind of chose email marketing and email copywriting was because out of all the different types of copy that I could write, you know, as a, someone who had a, a day job, you know, when I started off as a school teacher, I was doing my 12 hour days that first year. I was coming in two hours early. I was staying two or three hours later. I was also coaching wrestling. So like, I didn't have a huge amount of mental bandwidth um, to sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to work on this 97 page sales letter. Uh, you know, like for some of these super competitive direct response. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, I just want to write like 200, 300 word emails and you know, I'll do like one or two or three of those every day and I'll be good to go. So that's kind of what I started doing. And uh, for the past, you know, five, five and a half years, that's really what I've, I've put my focus into. Well, that's, that's very interesting. Cause that's right around the time I started at the same time and, and listen to your story is almost like staring into a mirror for me. <laughs> slightly different sort of origin story. I did not have anyone to model, but, uh, you know, I sort of, uh, I guess I did in a way because I sort of found out Gary Halbert had sold, sold me something, something he wrote sold me. So he became sort of my model, I guess, in a way, but, uh, it's fascinating to, uh, I've heard of Zach, of course, anyone who's been in online marketing probably has heard of him from before. So that's interesting that that was your, your origin. Now we said we were going to talk about, you know, maybe we'll start with the offer thing. So like when you became a freelancer and I know I've always sort of like gone back and forth on this, what sort of ways at the beginning did you try to offer your services and, and how has that sort of evolved up until now? Well, it's gotten a lot better. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot better. And uh, the reason I say that is because I was just not good. Like I sucked and I'm not afraid to admit that. I mean, it took me a very, very, very long time to figure out how to structure offers, how to pitch my services, how to even find the right people that I should be talking to. Um, you know, it took me probably a year and a half um, of really like focused effort to, to get that first paying client. And then it took me, you know, a long time after that to really get steady work. Um, and it's funny because now like I, you know, I coach a handful of freelancers, people reach out to me and ask me, probably advertise it, but um, you know, I, they get results in like, you know, seven weeks. One guy that I'm working with got a retainer in, in like seven weeks. Another guy got one in like 12 weeks. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm so jealous of you guys because like, you know, I, I don't know, I guess we're kind of building on all the, all my mistakes, but I kind of just did everything wrong. Like what I was doing was I was, you know, sending direct mail to local businesses, which everyone was like, Oh, just do that. Just send, you know, get a buy a list and write a sales letter and send to local businesses. And I was sending it to like the local like HVACs and like, you know, the local pizza place. Like these people don't even know what the hell a copywriter is, let alone are they going to be willing to pay like five or 10 grand to someone, you know? So I yep. just got it all wrong. I was cold emailing. I was even cold calling and that was humiliating as I got the phone slammed on me. Like, dozens of times it just sucked like it was just a grind because i just listened to all these people who were using these methods you know some of these methods that people talk about it might work if you're you know later on in your career and you have experience and samples and all these things but i i just i just tried everything i literally tried everything i got rejected so many times and then finally i started to meet people who knew what the hell they were talking about they kind of guided me the right way so what i started doing was i started going after number one people who knew what a copywriter was and number two who actually wanted help with copy. Those were like, you know, the two like stupidest simple things, but they made all the difference in the world. And then after that, it was just a matter of really, you know, and this is 
kind of the latter part of my journey, I've just really gotten granular with understanding like what are these people's problems and how can I be the person who goes in and solves those problems, right? Because what I found is, you know, before you make any kind of offer or you structure any type of deal, it always has to start with that problem. Much like any sales letter or any piece of copy has to start with the problem, right? Like we're always looking, okay, like what problem does this product solve? And that's where we start all of our research and that's what we base our hook around for our sales our sales letter or our email or VSL or webinar or whatever we're doing. But then when we're copywriters and we go and approach a client, we just say, hey, you wanna pay me to write copy? And they're like, no, that sounds like a really shitty experience, right? Like who actually wants to go and pay some writer that they've never met thousands of dollars to get a Google doc with words on it. Like no one wants to do that. That's not, you know, that's not like an attractive offer. <laughs> so <laughs> true. And that's what happens is most writers approach it that way. But what I, and I did that for a long time. So I'm not saying I'm like better than anyone. I just figured this out after tr failing so many times, but I figured out, it's like, Hey, why don't we just find out what their problems is? We'll, no, let's look for their pain points and figure out ways to solve those problems. And if we can solve those problems, usually when we solve those problems, they are very profitable experiences for these clients. And if we could solve a problem, make them a lot of money, then them turning around and giving us money to do that the first time and then do that again and again and again, make, you know, it's, it's a win-win situation for both parties involved. So that's kind of like the evolution of how I started to think about all of these things. That's, that's uh, interesting. I know uh, I, feel, I feel the same way and uh, that's a great, uh, great way you've put it because it's true. Like, you know, these are the things you learn when you become a copywriter, but often they're not, you don't apply them in the same way as you'd apply them for somebody who's not yourself. And so things like what you're going to say, who you're going to put it in front of and stuff is often like the mistakes that you make as a copywriter when you're trying to sell your own services. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, I actually got that from Ben Settle. I was a member of his newsletter and I, you know, one of the perks of being a member of his newsletter where you could ask him questions. So I reached out, I was like, hey man, like who should I go after if I want to be an email copywriter? And he replied back and he was like, look for people who are sending a lot of emails. And I was like, oh duh, like yeah, that makes sense, right? Like find someone <laughs> with that thing. Like if they're doing this, you know, they're either doing a good job or a bad job. Most companies, they want to approve everything that they want to do anyway. So that was very sage advice from him, uh, which I'm very thankful for. That really, you know, kind of helped me pivot in the right direction. But um, yeah, it's one of those things like, it's just a matter of finding people who have a problem, offering them, you know, what I like to call a dream come true result, and then proving that you could actually do it. And then after that, just making it as easy as possible to get started. Like if you can, you know, identify all four of those phases of your marketing, you'll never go hungry. You'll have clients lined up. Um, but it's, it's it, at the beginning when you don't know, and when you're starting out, it's very hard to figure out those things, especially if you don't have a model to follow, or especially if you're following the wrong advice, or if you're going into your Facebook newsfeed to find value bombs and try to piece together your marketing education. And that way, I'm very against that whole philosophy. Um, I believe in, you know, finding people who are at the top of their game and learning from them. And that's what I've tried to do. Uh, and that's what I still continue to do. So I'm very big on that. Yeah, I think that's a very important point you're making there. It's like, I've always considered myself too a student of students of students. So it's like, you got to put the, your ego aside and attempt to learn. And because you can learn from basically every situation, whether that's a positive uh, outcome or a negative outcome. And then you have to use those almost like little mini parables for yourself to move forward we'll get right back to the interview in exactly 44 seconds but first something very exciting if you've been sharpening your copywriting skills but your freelance career just isn't where you want it to be 2019 is going to be your year A good friend of mine carlos redlick former guest on this show has an entire system the same system he used to go from flat dead broke sleeping on his friend's floors stealing water from his neighbors while they were at work, all the way up to multiple six figures as a freelance copywriter. 
He has it over at copypastetemplates.com. That's copypastetemplates.com. I'm using some of Carlos's ideas. I'm in there too. Tell him David Allen sent you. Now, back to our interview. Yeah, I mean, I know for me personally, like I, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like the deeper and deeper I go into this whole copywriting and marketing thing, the less and less I know. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. the, more, <laughs> the more and more like you, you become aware of everything around you, you're like, I know so little, you know? But it's a cool thing because there's just, there's there's so many, thanks to the internet and thanks to the way the world is now, there's just so much, you know, ability, you have such an ability to learn from so many different sources and to really, you know, um, it, it's kind of cool, like going from the public education sector to what I would now consider, I guess, like the private education sector um, with, you know, a lot of the clients I work with, we, we sell information, we sell coaching, we sell expertise, we sell those kind of things. It's really cool to see that you can pay and you can learn whatever you want, right? Like whatever skill you want to learn, you know, you have an opportunity to buy that knowledge and to apply it to your own life and to, to transform your life. And that's kind of what I've done. I invested a lot and uh, that's something I'm, I'm also huge on. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it takes now. Yeah, so like maybe speak to like something else. Like I, I get a lot of questions about that, and I've had my own opinions. But what do you say to people? Like I'm sure you get the same questions, which is like, should I niche down? What niche should I go after? These kind of niche questions. That's a good question. You know, I've I've heard arguments on both sides, um, and it really I'm gonna give it a crappy answer and say it depends. You know, personally, I know for me, my evolution, I was like a general copywriter. I was like, hey, pay me and I'll write your copy, and then I was like, maybe I'll just focus on emails because that's what I really like, and it seems like there's a need for that. And once I started doing that, jobs got easier and easier. And then I kind of switched my niche to you know I started getting asked to do a lot of launches, and I became known as like a launch copywriter. That's still kind of what I do a lot now. And then, you know, all my clients who need launches also started needing evergreen stuff. So I'm starting to become known now as like someone who could turn launches into evergreen stuff. So like, I think number one, it's, it's a matter of picking something and then just being okay with that evolving over time. Cause I know a lot of people, like I know even for me now, some days when I'm like, Oh, when I'm thinking about how do I market myself? I'm kind of scared to be like, Oh, I'm going to be the, you know, the person who specializes in this. Cause as soon as you say that to yourself, you start to think, Oh, that's the only thing I can do. And I can never do anything else. And what if I six months down the road, I hate this and I want to change. And you start to freak yourself out right now I think a lot of people uh, have that fear and have that stumbling block but the way I look at it is like it's okay to just pick something and start doing it and if you love it then you'll keep doing it and if you don't love it you'll probably find a way to pivot to something that you like a little bit more um, and in terms of the actual nitty-gritty of like finding what you want to do I'm a big believer and this is just my personality everyone is not like this so you don't have to take this advice but me personally I was always a big believer that's a lot easier to sell when you niche down by the medium of what you're selling rather than the industry um, you know, some people are like, oh, I write alternative health copy. And if you're one of those A-listers, you're at the top of the game and, you know, there's 10 or 12 companies and they pass you around and you just write controls for all of them. Then like, yeah, that's probably pretty cool. But I knew for me starting out, I didn't have those connections. I didn't have that experience. So what I said was I'm going to niche down by medium. And I'm going to become really good at email, this one thing, right? This one kind of project, because it's very easy for someone who's a business owner to turn around. And, you know, I don't know if every business owner is like, man, I really wish I could find a writer who specializes in you know, I guess, I guess they do, right? Like if someone's like, oh, sure. uh, I, you know, I have a software business. I really wish I could find a copywriter specialized in software. And people definitely say that. And I'm not saying they don't. I probably 
pretty common they say that. But I think it's also pretty common that people say, man, our emails really suck. We need to find someone who can help us with this. Or man, you know, our web copy is just terrible. It does not communicate our message at all. We need to find someone who can help us with this. So I almost felt like it was easier for me to grasp and to kind of get started marketing myself if I choose chose a medium and then I could go really deep in that one specific medium. And the thing is like, even with that, you know, people still might have the fear of like, oh, I'm just going to do this one thing. And what if I want to write a Facebook ad? Or what if I want to write a video script? Like you could do that stuff too. What I've always found is like, yeah, I specialize in email and then clients hire me to do that. Then they say, hey, can you help us with this too? And I say, absolutely I can. And then there's project number two, number three, number four, number five. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Because I think that's why I started with email and continue to love to do email probably the most is because it's kind of like, I think of it as like a gateway drug. If you're like a drug dealer, you know, it's like, because email still, is, has the highest ROI because it costs nothing to send an email really but also it's like a lot of people are, are neglecting that side of things and then it leads to conversations uh, about the other things that they may be neglecting or the, that aren't uh, honed in uh, sharply oh yeah and I mean I found too like with email that uh, by the way email the gateway drug would be a great title for this episode <laughs> but, I think uh, I was just writing that down. As I was yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I also think too, it really is though. I mean, I just know for me, like I, especially when I started to shift my focus to wanting retainer clients where I get paid month after month after month, I knew that, okay, all of these clients, like what's the one thing they're going to always need, right? Like they might have a, a webinar that converts or a control ad that converts and or for their main product, right? And maybe they make small changes, but they're not overhauling that. But the one thing they're always going to need month after month, probably week after week, sometimes day after day, is they're going to need more emails, right? And they're probably not going to want to write them all themselves. And sometimes it's a matter of they don't know how to do it themselves, so they need to bring in you, the specialist. Or sometimes it's they need an ass in the seat because they don't have the bandwidth to do it themselves and they need someone to fill that role. So, yeah, just like you're saying, I always found that was my way to get the foot, my foot in the door. And it, that's kind of like one of my first retainer clients. That's how I started. I started just doing email stuff. I started like rewriting affiliate emails for our list. And it was kind of like, you know, the grunt work. Um, but then there was another copywriter in front of me at this one company and he ended up leaving um, to pursue some other some other things in life. And uh, they were like, oh, we need to find someone who could write all the front end front end acquisition stuff. And I was like, Hey, I can do it. I know this company. I know the market, you know, I know the products for me. And then I started to write the video script. I started to write the sales pages, work on the webinars. And I started to work on the Facebook ads and all the other stuff. So yeah, it's the perfect gateway because people, that's a need that they will always have. And email is never going to go away. I don't care what anyone says. It's just not, even if they put computer chips in our brains, I don't think it's going to go away. Right. There's still going to need to be some place where that's private. That's your own stuff that you sign up for. You know, it, it is the perfect gateway. You know, most people, most business owners, because they have their, what they do best, they're, they're usually, especially if they're serious, they're usually good at like delegating to something that somebody else does best. And they want like the best, you know, they want to form a team of like best at certain things and they don't want to waste their time doing what they're not the best at. Let's talk more about uh, retainer deals and stuff because now uh, I'm certainly like that now and it sounds like you are. Maybe let's talk a bit about uh, how you go about doing that the way you sort of present it and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. So um, real quick, the way I define a retainer is, um, you know, just a job where you get a client to say yes one time and they keep paying you over and over again. And I've really started to shift my business toward that model. Um, not for every client, you know, because obviously I'm always evolving and every copywriter is always going to be evolving. But when I was trying to leave my teaching job, I realized that I needed recurring income because, um, 
you know, I had a mortgage, I had a wife, uh, I couldn't just be like, hey, I'm just going to take this big risk and hopefully I get some gigs, you know, it's like, no, I need a check, at least one check coming in every single month. Um, and, you know, it's just nice to have that, that stability. So what I started doing was saying, how can I be the person who fulfills that role on the team? And how can I be the person who doesn't have to, how can I be that kind of copywriter who every time I do a project, I don't have to spend hours and hours and hours of research and learning a new market and learning a new company structure and learning about the client and their origin story and learning all about their business, right? Like, cause that's, that's the most exhausting part for most writers. Like that's the part a lot of people like is the research stuff, right? But what happens when you're doing just one-off gigs over and over and over again is that, you know, half of your time is spent doing all the administrative onboarding and offboarding stuff. It's spent doing the market research, spent doing all those other things with a retainer client. You can spend most of your time writing, which is what most of us got into this game to do anyway. Right. Everyone wants to write. They want to get results. They want to test campaigns. They want to try all that cool stuff, but it's very hard to, you know, wedge yourself into a company like that. If you're only going to stick around for a week to do a job and then you're out. So, I started really just focusing on getting those kind of clients. And what I found is number one, the people who are ready to hire a retainer client usually make more money. And, you know, some people reach out to me and they say, Hey, you know, I got this client, uh, you know, I want to pitch them a retainer. What should I do? And I say, okay, let's look at the numbers, right? Like how much revenue is this client making? And they say, Oh, the client is making, you know, 350 grand a year. And I say, well, they're not, well, how much are they going to pay you? Right? Like what are they going to pay you? Five grand a month. They're going to pay you 60 grand a year. They're going to give you, you know, one sixth of their top line pre-tax, pre-expense revenue, like, of course not, right? So the numbers just don't work out there. So you start to think, okay, who are the companies that will hire writers on retainer? And what I found, it's not a blanket statement. I'm sure there's someone who can point out an example, right? But I'm just generally speaking, usually they're going to be a seven, eight, nine figure company, right? Those are the kind of companies who have the resources, they have the infrastructure, and, and more importantly, they have the proven offers, right? To get to that level, of right. a company can't just be like, hey, we got this thing that's selling well, and I hope it works next month, but we don't, you know, like a company that's, <laughs> yeah, like by that time, they're proven. They know that thing's selling, right? And they know that they're scaling up, they're optimizing, they're doing all, you might be doing, you know, CRO, they might be split testing, they might be doing all this stuff. And uh, now they need someone to fulfill that role because maybe that was the CEO before, or maybe that was the marketing manager, and maybe now they're growing the team. So those kind of clients are the best for retainers. I think that's a perfect example is uh, going about going after the right people. It's like, who can afford to pay you a retainer deal? I mean, that's a big deal. You can't find just like Joe Blow local guys, not probably got, not going to be able to afford that unless they're, like you say, making over uh, seven, eight, nine figures. And so you got to be smart about who you target. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on the uh, starting from scratch. I mean, if you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. And I've done that myself. And, and and people, you know, some people I think are delusional when they come to you. They're thinking, I mean, there's so much that goes into that. It's not just as simple as like, you're going to write the copy. We're going to run some Facebook ads and like, ta-da, all this is going to work out for everybody, you know? Yeah, they're like lottery ticket clients, you know? They're the ones who come to you and say they, and, and a lot of times, like they're good people, obviously, like I'm not knocking them, but what their worldview or their beliefs that they hold are that, well, I understand the importance of copy. Everyone tells me copywriter is important. They'll hear these stories. Like I always, you know, there's that story about Gene Schwartz, um, the guy who founded Boardroom. I can't remember what his name is, but he hired Gene Schwartz and, you know, Gene wrote him this letter and it launched this huge company that, you know, is still around today. And like, it's a nice romantic story, but like that doesn't happen every day, right? Yeah, um, it definitely happens, but that's lightning in a bottle, and it's very hard to do that. It's very, very hard because it's not just about the sales levy, right? It's not just about the launch campaign. 
It's about the ability for the the uh, owners of that company to have a growth mindset and to put all the infrastructure and the team and the finance and all that stuff in place. And so it, it's, it's a much bigger equation than just the copy. So that's why, you know, I'm just so big on go, you know, fishing in a stock lake, you know, my, uh, my family, we used to have, go to the Poconos and there was this lake I remember. And every year we try to catch fish and there were like, there was like no fish in this lake. I eventually found out years later and I would get so pissed off at myself. And eventually my dad was just like, listen, they, like he's like next year they're stuck in the lake we're gonna catch some fish and we did right but all those years i was getting so angry at myself because we were going up there and for hours i'd be standing out there with my pole trying to catch fish and there's no fish in the freaking lake right so people do that copywriters do that to themselves they get pissed off because they're like man i can't make these deals work i'm like look who you're talking to right like you're talking to people with no money and it's not that you know it, it's nothing wrong i'm sure they're great people but if they don't have money to pay you then you're wasting your time talking with them unless you're, you have godlike copywriting abilities and can make money appear out of literally appear out of thin air, then yeah, that can be a profitable relationship. But otherwise, you got to go to people who have money and who want to hire someone, who want to pay someone to fulfill those roles. Now, as we wind down here, uh, maybe give uh, people ways they can get in touch with you, work with you. You know, uh, what's the best uh, situation uh, for getting in touch with Chris Orzakowski? Yeah, so uh, you can check out my website. It's www.theemailcopywriter.com. Um, and the reason I chose that is because Orzakowski is kind of a nightmare to spell. I knew if I ever wanted to <laughs> there was no way anyone would end up in my website. So I chose theemailcopywriter.com. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually publishing a book on email marketing. Um, it should be done in the next couple of weeks, but uh, that'll be my new lead magnet. Um, so if you hop my list, I'll make sure you get that. Uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, um, that's what I got. Awesome, man. You know, I want to really thank you for coming on the show. I know we had a, a delay uh, getting you on. I'm glad we were able to do it uh, the next day. You're a real uh, tribute to the profession, I would say, and, and I enjoy reading your emails and your and your posts and i want to thank you uh for coming on the show thanks dave i really appreciate that i had a lot of fun and uh really appreciate you having me for everybody else we'll be back again next week hopefully with someone as insightful fun and uh argumentative maybe yes <laughs> or zakowski until then Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to become a well-paid freelance copywriter so you can live life on your terms, check out my webinar on how I get paid up to $10,000 to write simple, fun emails. And I'll even show you how I got started with no experience, no connections, and no formal writing training. To get the training, go to www.themcmethod.com slash webinar. That's www.themcmethod.com slash webinar.